0: everyone, and welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we do talk about movies and games that we've played and a little bit of news sprinkled in here and there. Uh, I am your host, Craig Reese, and if you've listened before, uh, you're probably wondering that does not sound like Barry. That is because Barry <laughs> is on vacation for the next three weeks. And also, okay. shame on you for, shame on you for not listening last week when we already said that. But uh, let me say, first of all, I'm glad to have you here. And second of all, I do have a special guest here filling in for Barry. And, you know, the first thing I thought of when uh, I heard Barry was going to be gone for three weeks is we need to do something different and we need to, you know, do something new. And I thought, what better way than to just double down on the Craig? So my uh, partner here for this week will be the one and only Mr. Craig Cox. How are you doing, sir?
1: Hey guys, I am doing great, happy to be here, Um, happy to grace, I guess grace you guys with my presence, which is not that big of a presence, but (laughs) it'll do, Um, Barry is hard to replace, but I will do my best to try to give my input, Um, and just really excited to
0: start talking about some games, just nerd out. Yeah, all right, so let's get into the news, Um, we'll start right off. Uh, I have Microsoft announced that there are new gaming monitors coming that are designed specifically for the Xbox series X 4k, 120 Hertz support on these guys. Um, we're looking at, you know, we have one from Philips, we have one from Asus and we have one from Acer, uh, takeaway from this though, is they're all the cheapest one here is the Acer, um, that comes in at a, uh, you know, pretty easy $950 going all the way up to the Phillips, which is a 55 inch monitor at 1600 dollars. Yeah. So, um, these aren't the cheapest things out there, but if you're trying to get the most out of your console, um, these, I guess would be the way to go. I don't know that I'm going to be dropping that kind of money on a monitor, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're there if you want them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, Microsoft continuing to do things to just increase
1: the Xbox value, which um, has been, they've been making so many moves and so many moves. And it's on one side, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to have to spend so much money to view the $500, you know, system that you purchased. However, to get that optimal gameplay, you have to, you have to shell out a few, a few dollars, in order to really see how powerful the machine can actually get, because there's like a two part here. Everybody's excited to get the new console and have been ever since they've been released. But the other side that you're seeing an increase of that you didn't see from other, uh, I I would say like even medium gamers or casual gamers is I want to see what this looks like. I really want to see the extent of what I want to see every bead of sweat from the character I created And how can I do that? You know?
0: Yeah. Um, Also, too, the uh, Philips one, the $1,600 one, it is a 55-inch monitor. Keep that in mind. But it also does have a soundbar built in. Um, So that's probably part of the reason why it's more. But I am kind of in the same boat. Like, my TV is not that old. It's Mm -hmm. probably maybe two years old. And immediately my first thought when I got the new consoles was, man, is it time to upgrade already so I can take full advantage? And I hate that thought. But, Mm. you know, for a lot of people, I don't think, you know, I always think since I have, I've had a 4K TV, that's just the normal, but it's really not like a lot of people don't even have 4K. So I mean, maybe this is the time finally that you consider upgrading.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm um, Again, there's that search to try to find it. Uh, I know that, I mean, me, I'm a PlayStation guy and I got a new PlayStation back when they came out. I just got lucky. And then two and a half months later, I convinced my wife that we needed an OLED television. Um, <laughs> and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, I wasn't in yep. the market for a TV before that, but when you when I could kind of see how Um, the visuals on my Samsung eight series from a while, from a while back that I've had for like two years, I wanted to see a deeper moment and that was just with a television. So these monitors, I mean, I'm, I'm excited that Microsoft is creating those, especially for the Xbox. They, they continue to show a lot of love for their dedicated, uh, fans, especially their dedicated console fans. So that's good to see. That's very refreshing.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Do you have some news you want to go over?
1: Um, well, uh, everybody, I'm still getting some of that that lag from the e three announcements, and <laughs> part of me, part of me has to just go back because I, I know people that took off for e three. like they took mm-hmm. off, they uh, they re- reasoned with it and whatever excuse they gave, whatever job they're in. They gave them either the true excuse or a, a false one about trying to get off for that weekend. And there was just some news that dropped that I was excited about, even if I didn't have the console. And there was some news that I was just kind of like, all right, you know, um, this this is the Super Bowl of, mm-hmm. of platforms. And this is what you're going to drop. Certain companies fell flat. Um, And certain companies blew us away as much as they could. Um, When, I mean, when we got the Elden Ring news before E3, I was in my head, I was like, oh my God, like, can we just save this for the event? You know, (laughs) that's just, I know things leak and it's hard to um, prevent everything from leaking. I know it's even hard to, as a player, ask a company to not release anything themselves before a major event. However... I just wish that even small things like that, that would have dropped in a grandiose 15 minute scale at the actual event. So you can have, I mean, it's a four, it's a four day event, you know? And yeah, there were again, certain things that I was just really excited about, you know, Uh, obviously some of the ones that probably people who are listening are like breath of the wild two footage, no matter how small a footage it was. And that left me with, Twenty five thousand questions about where it's actually going to take place on the ground in the air what are we doing you know um yeah. but there's just there's just so many things and can i just say craig as you, you gotta you gotta honestly know the effect that halo has on everybody who has enjoyed video games whether it's two years or 20 because i was excited for the halo infinite footage like and i and I haven't mm-hmm. owned an Xbox or been in an accessible Xbox environment in at least the last five to six years and you you know you're doing something right when you're getting somebody who doesn't have a console excited about your game. yeah, you know, like they don't have your console, yeah, to get excited about your game and I'm just, just when you see Master Chief now, it's like when you see a family member that you haven't seen in a long time, you're just that excited. It's like at the barbecue and you see Master Chief across the way getting a cheeseburger and maybe throwing a Frisbee to one of your younger cousins. And you're like, there he is. (laughs) There he is. You married yet? (laughs) Are you married yet? (laughs) Like, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, I mean, a lot of of good things to talk about. Um, And then you'll see something like... Uh, Avatar, mm-hmm. and Avatar coming in game form in the future, and then you have different questions coming about, like, well, I know that the Avatar movies have been being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Avatar is not a thing anymore. Are we trying to revitalize the public in an Avatar sense? Because I liked the movie like everybody else did. I even kind of had a year afterward where I was like, I would watch it again multiple times. But we're in 2021 and they're trying to bring back Avatar in an open world game. And Ubisoft is trying to get us excited about that particular open world game when they're like the open world game release kings and queens. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I don't mean to go on a rant, but that's also like a very side problem for anybody who likes Ubisoft. It's just open world game after open world game. And they kind of just take away some of the luster from some of their other titles because they're releasing one every six months and while i like that because i like video games um Mm -hmm. i'll see something like avatar and i'll be like i don't know if i want to drop 60 to 80 hours into into like avatar again um i I already dropped two hours of my life multiple times into the movie minus the director's cut so (laughs) that's kind of where i saw like saw it fall flat in what I was seeing uh, things okay. like that and where they, where they were going. I don't know. How did you feel about the avatar game or,
0: or anything for that matter? <laughs> I mean, I liked avatar when it came out. Um, I remember I loved it in theaters. I watched it multiple times when it came out on blu-ray cause that was like the blu-ray to have. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally opposed to an avatar game. I think the idea is cool, but I am in kind of a, uh, Ubisoft um, open world fatigue here. Yep. So just like you, I don't know if I want to play more just because of, you know, I've already done Watch Dogs and I tried Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. and there's a million others that I'm forgetting, but like it's just so many open world games, not just with uh, Ubisoft, but in general that I am kind of like. I don't know, burnout for the time being. Yep. So, I mean, I don't think this is really coming out anytime soon. So maybe I'll be ready when it does come out, but we have to wait. I have to actually see gameplay to see if yes. I'm actually going to be interested or not. It could be something different. It could be, you know, revitalized it a little bit, but it's hard to say off of just a, you know, a trailer that doesn't show any gameplay. Yeah.
1: The gameplay is always the the true tell of what to expect because you can, you can give us that two and a half minute trailer. That you can obviously do whatever you want with it, but it really for the gamer, we have to see the footage in order to kind of make our own assessment. And yeah, again, like after so many open world games, I have to sit down and get more linear because after a while, you it's it's like it's like you're taking me to a playground, and you're leaving me alone. And I'm kind of like, okay, well I can just do so many things. What do I do first? What can I, I can do this, I can do that. I can do this, I can yeah. do that. It's just, it's just too much sometimes. And especially when you go from open world game to open world game, I know there's a lot more pressing things happening in the world. However, as to, in terms of like a first world problem that would be it for like somebody like you or me who plays games a lot. Um, But yeah, agreed. It, yeah, but, you know, there's there's a lot of things to be excited about. Um, I'm personally a Mario plus Rabbids player. Um, I wouldn't say that I went as far as played mm-hmm. the game two or three times, but it was nice to see that they do have a sequel coming where it looks like they are opening up new characters, a new world and such like that, because I, years ago, played XCOM 2. Um, that was my first... induction I would say into the XCOM series and I had not played a game like that before or at least in a while and I really kind of enjoy that strategy and planning out the next move and such like that so when they when they took uh something like Mario and plus Rabbids and they kind of created the Nintendo aspect but XCOM 2 but a lot simpler or a lot easier or less demanding less uh unforgiving um i really yeah. it was really quite a refreshing title if you uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't picked it up it's probably 20 bucks at this point it's definitely a grab yeah or
0: or cheaper or cheaper
1: <laughs> it's definitely a grab yep. and then you can get yourself prepared for the release when it does come out i think they said was that 2022 i believe i think that's what they had yeah
0: for. yep
1: so that was a nice breath of fresh air Uh, Metroid Dread was a breath of fresh air. Oh my gosh. Yep. I was wondering if I was going to have to start donating money to some type of organization to just push Metroid games just in general, because we just don't get them frequently. We just don't. We get 25 Mega Mans in the span of six days, and a Metroid fan has to wait yep. years, years for a release. And you know what they were doing too, when they announced Metroid Dread at E3, you could definitely say it was like, just please, just please bear with us. I have already told you guys that we are not talking about a, a new like Metroid Prime coming so that here you go. Just just keep being a fan. <laughs> keep Keep hoping and praying that we will release it. By the way, we're also not going to talk about the the Pro either for for a switch as well. So, I mean, I have my yep. theories. I know you do as well, probably, where they're probably holding out maybe until the uh, the Switch Pro for something like that. That would be a great title to release on that on that type of platform because you can really show what the what hopefully the Switch Pro can do. But yeah, but the footage that they showed from that new metroid dread i uh i'm feeling it and i'm gonna pick it up i'm definitely gonna pick it up yeah i don't know about you
0: it definitely looks good yeah i enjoy metroid i just i haven't played metroid in a long time obviously because there hasn't been a new one but Mm -hmm. yeah it was nice that they kind of threw that out there and also that it's coming out this year i didn't expect that at all yeah
1: that was that was definitely a good call um on their part
0: Um, Let me throw some other random news here. Um, One that I actually came across today that caught me off guard and had me super excited is uh, the EA Play Live is supposed to be on July 22nd. So we're a month away from that. But EA Motive is reportedly working on reviving the Dead Space franchise. What? And they're supposed to be. Yeah, they're supposed to be developing a reimagining of the original Dead Space games, and they plan to reveal it at EA Play Live on July 22nd. So if this is true, I am like beyond hyped up for this because I love me some Dead Space.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, that's that's huge. <laughs> that is yeah, huge very news. And now I'm going to double mark my calendar to make sure that I'm there to see <laughs> that because I mean, Dead Space you gotta love survival. Survival horror has shifted yep. and expanded over the years, and besides the classics that have kind of paved the way, now it's it's very interesting to see the newer installments. And I don't want to call Dead Space a newer installment because it was like a two thousand eight, two thousand nine game, but like,
0: yeah, it it really did its part and. It was revolutionary at the time. I mean, the whole like you're not shooting for their head, you're shooting for their limbs was unheard of at the time. It, yeah, it was. And mm-hmm. the
1: 2000, like that decade was kind of almost the last decade I felt that you could be revolutionary in certain genres or subgenres genres in video games, because I mean, it takes a lot now to be revolutionary. But like the mid 2000s and the late 2000s was like the last time you could do something like that. And Dead Space definitely did. And even with small things like you were just saying, being able to shoot like the limbs off and such like that, making the player make decisions in that aspect in the moment—that's um, just this. Is, this is exciting, man. I did not know that this was coming. You threw me a curveball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be watching for that.
0: Yeah, it's. <laughs> I remember, like, I went back and tried to play the first one not too long ago, a couple months back. And, uh, it still holds up one, but also I forgot, like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting numb to jump scares, but that game is still terrifying Mm -hmm. to play to this game to this day. Like, it's just terrifying them forcing you down corridors where, you know, they're either coming from the wall or the ceiling. You just, you know, something's coming and it was just a a great experience. I enjoyed all three of them. Honestly, I know a lot of people kind of uh, aren't as big of a fan of the third one, but I still thought it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It, uh, so give me all the dead space. Keep, yeah. you know, re- revitalize it and bring it back to me. And it, it took,
1: it gave me a Half-Life vibe in a specific way, just because of what you were experiencing and fighting. Now, obviously it was a little different being third person, Um, which you can make a, you can obviously mm-hmm. make a scary horror game in third person or first person. That's definitely not the issue, but... I like that science fiction survival horror because that's not always a horror being represented in games, you know? Um, Yeah. That's definitely something that Dead Space has helped pioneer. And the fact that, yeah, with the the other installments and stuff like that, you're going to get mixed reviews with like, you know, like like you said, you liked three. Obviously, there's going to be certain people that don't, but... Right. It's it's one of those things that they should just just give me all of it. Like you said, give me, throw it in my face. <laughs> I will throw my money towards that because that's going to be very exciting, and I can't wait till we could see more footage and just more anything from that. That's going to be something that I'm going to be youtubing and looking up a lot um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna want to know when that date is that that they're doing, you know? So
0: yeah, um, and then. So the last thing I wanted to bring up before we get to kind of going over now that E3 is over, we kind of go over, you know, what got announced in our hype level on it. Um, what's your stance on Hideo Kojima and, you know, just him in general, for those who don't know, he is the Metal Gear creator. Are you a Metal Gear fan? Um, it is my favorite video game series
1: of all time. <laughs> it is i i was one of those kids and fortunately being the age that i am i had a playstation in 1990 oh i am got to be 97 98 mm-hmm. and that was when some of those root games that you remember today were making their mark those final fantasy sevens and such and metal gear solid blew me away it was one of the it was a game where you were doing crazy things like when you had to fight the classic Psycho Mantis boss, which I have a tattoo yep. of because I <laughs> am so dedicated to the Metal Gear Solid series, but when yep. Psycho Mantis was actually messing with your PlayStation controller, reading things <laughs> off of your memory card, and thinking that your PlayStation had malfunctioned, that was something that was yep. revolutionary in the in the late nine in the late nineties. You did not see that, and. They are, the game is the king of 25 minute cutscenes that leave you confused <laughs> with the story yep. afterwards, but you still love every second of it. I played um, all four of the installments in like that Metal Gear Solid series. I played Phantom Pain. I didn't play, I think it's Ground Zero. I, I mm-hmm. missed that smaller installment, but I did play Phantom Pain, which uh, is upsetting because it's the last of the series under that Hideo Kojima command, I love. Right. I love the guy. Uh, unfortunately, I don't like some of the stories where I he- that I hear about of him as a man. Um, right. Which, you know, you get that eccentric aspect from somebody of his caliber and what he creates. I don't want to excuse the man, but I- let me just say, right. I I am not surprised when I hear certain negative stories about somebody who has done that many um, monumental things what i what i had to basically push myself through and i arguably haven't finished arguably i admittedly haven't finished it is death stranding i did get like 20 hours 25 hours into the game until i was really tired of being a glorified fedex delivery driver <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um yep. the distribution of weight and trying to figure out your how to traverse the landscape effectively without ruining your cargo did wear on me after a while but the problem is that you want to play the game because Hideo is the movie maker of video yeah. games he just he creates these characters they have a lasting effect they are in depth he creates these stories and i was i found myself when i stopped playing death stranding going through the day-to-day monotonous aspect of it just so I can get to the next cutscene and that's when I told myself that I had to take a break for a little yeah. bit but so in a in, in a couple <laughs> of sentences instead of 45 sentences I'm a huge I'm a huge Hideo fan um right. and I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid's fan
0: uh All right. So all that being said we're going to I'm tying it all together here so um if you have seen or if anybody out there is listening has seen there's a game that got announced called Abandoned um, for the PlayStation 5. And what's going on right now all over is people are saying that this is connected to Hideo Kojima um, and that this is actually a new Silent Hill game. Um, so it gets a little crazy as far as how people are ty- tying all of this together. Uh, the game Abandoned is being made by a developer called Blue Box Game Studios, and they're, they're a Dutch company. Um, but Hideo has done this in the past. He did this with Phantom Pain where he came up with this, uh, not fake, but like another company. Um, and they announced Phantom Pain was what it was called at the time, but it ended up being a Metal Gear Solid game. So a lot of people are thinking that this is actually a Silent Hill game that's being called abandoned right now. Um, so basically it's a lot of conspiracy theory. So I'll just try to throw it, throw it out there and people can make their own decisions here. Um, the Twitter account for abandoned for blue box studios, uh, had put out a tweet that said, guess the name. And then they put abandoned equals first letter S last letter L, um, which of course everybody's jumping to all that silent Hill Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, so that one was probably the most, in my opinion, like if you're going for concrete evidence, I would feel like this would be a good way. And they haven't answered what the actual answer is to that. But that seems kind of straightforward, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's more stuff that gets tied in in the actual abandoned teaser. There's a point where um, in the video where you see a P and a T, which would be PT, which was the original Silent Hill back, you know, that that you can't even play anymore unless you have a PS4 that had it downloaded before they got rid of that. Um, But there's a lot of other things that you can kind of Make your own assumptions and go down this rabbit hole if you really want to. Hideo Kojima himself had uh, put up a tweet with these two books that he said he was reading. One of them uh, had the word silent in it and the other book had the word hill in it. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to tie that together. Um, Let me see what else there was. There was like a lot of stuff that some of it I'm like, okay, maybe. Um, Let me see real quick. Trying to find the good stuff and trying to weed out the stuff that is not so solid here of course yeah (laughs) uh let's see there was issues with the actual like people were looking up the blue box developers uh playstation account and they found the playstation account and they're playing a game that was doesn't have a name because it's not released yet but it has the logo was uh pyramid head from silent hill Um, so that was, had another people, there's a lot of stuff and I don't want to go like all into it. So you can literally Google this and you'll find it if you're interested in it. But, uh, man, there's a lot of stuff that makes me think that this might be Hideo again, doing this crazy way of getting promotion because he is the master of finding different ways to promote PT was a genius way to do it. And I was always so, I was always so bummed that it didn't work out. I know. So maybe this is a silent hill Maybe we're finally going to get that. Maybe we're not. Um, but this is the kind of stuff I love about gaming, like that fun stuff that everybody's kind of digging into and trying to figure out on their own. So again, if you're into it, go check that out and you'll spend a good 30 minutes to an hour looking at all the stuff people are saying. But a very interesting read. Oh, yeah, definitely. And
1: if it if it <laughs> is, oh my gosh, it's going to blow us all away because PT correct PT was an experience. It wasn't just a playable trailer you know it was right it was an experience it it was it redefined the creepy hallway in every single game and you know what i'm even i even see bits of it in small things like you know like returnal or if you've played that game or if anybody's played that game um just the reenactment of this going through the same the same hallway or the same area with a gradual decrease in the surrounding area or increasing threat in the surrounding area. If this is Hideo saying that we're going to get some type of Silent Hill game, oh my gosh. I don't know if we're ready for that. I think some people are going to put that on their Facebook instead of the baby announcement that they have or the birthday mm-hmm. announcement. Like This is going to be something that's going to literally rock the foundation because silent hill again has its own mark on the history of games and then hideo has his mark and when we saw that kind of combination happen and then it get it it, and then have it taken away from us it was something that was very discouraging to a lot of players and hideo is cryptic and he does things like this where he will have like you said, the two books that he's reading currently, one has a title (laughs) in silent something and the other has Hill in the title. That's what he does. That's the thing he does. We all know he does it. (laughs) But uh, I can't help like anybody else can without trying to like get a little bit deeper and see exactly what's going on there. And I hope we get something out of it. I really hope we get something concrete.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would love to play a new silent Hill game. Barry's not here to defend himself, but if a Silent Hill game gets announced, he's hundred percent streaming that yes, he, he doesn't have a choice. Get
1: Barry on the Silent Hill game. It, it, I, I don't know if you listeners had the opportunity to watch Barry play Resident Evil Village, but it was a treat. And he was great at the parts we thought he was going to be great at in terms of his uh, level of handling um, horror games. It was, it was quite a thing to see. And if you, you really should tune in to watch Craig or Barry play the play the games because they're, they're a joy to watch.
0: Yep. Agreed. All right. So what I'm thinking we'll do next here is we're going to go through some of the games that we saw at E3 and uh, we'll get your hype level and my hype level. Now that we've seen some more information um, and then, just kind of to tie in what Barry and I had done before before A three, where we did our predictions on whether or not something would be there or how hyped we were at it for that. Um, so let me start with let me find a good one to start. Let's go with Back for Blood. What's your hype level on this now?
1: Hype level high, <laughs> sir. Hype level high. As high is it going be? I need to call the fire department. I think they handle who. <laughs> I think they handle hype scenarios. I don't know, but hype level is high um okay left for dead was an amazing amazing game left for dead 2 was amazing and ah, they're bringing it back and they're calling it different and they're still keeping it similar with the title and it looks like a multiplayer extravaganza and i cannot be more excited um e3 i got a little jealous just one small tidbit because it is going to be available day one um yeah and that was a great announcement for anybody who does um have a subscription that is great us playstation users i am buying the 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 most expensive pack that's what i've that's what i've (laughs) been calling it games have been releasing so many editions now that i'm starting to say things like i will buy the most expensive pack sir
0: (laughs) (laughs) take all my money all my money give me
1: all the figurines (laughs) and the coasters and whatever you want to throw in it with it so Hype level, if it's out of 10, it's a 7,835 because <laughs> it's going to be That's bringing back what we're expecting. And it looks like they're going to pack on even more. I just want a little bit more gameplay because I just, I don't think they'll disappoint. But I, right. but I'm keeping like the Santa when you're young feeling about it and being like, he's going to come through. Santa Santa will be here. He'll (laughs) drop off the presents I actually wanted. That's where I'm at. I can't wait. All right. How about you?
0: So I think when it first got announced, I was about, I'll probably say an eight, because I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because of my love for Left 4 Dead um, until I actually have it in my hands and have decided that it's fantastic. So I was already going to get this day one regardless. Mm -hmm. The it being on Game Pass day one announcement. Put it at a solid 10 for me now, because oh, yeah. now there's no doubt in my mind about like, I need to spend $60 and it may not be good. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, hey, it's there for me to download on Game Pass. I'm good to go. I'm super excited. I, I kind of worry maybe that we are getting a little too hyped up for it. Um possible. But that being said, like any type of Left 4 Dead game. And yeah, there was quite a few Left 4 Dead style games. That that were at E3, so give me all of them. I'm gonna say a, a ten for me on this one. Yeah. Uh, how about Battlefield 2042? Battle- what are you thinking? Uh, my, I would say for
1: that one. So a little bit about me. I am not as big of a Battlefield fan as others. I know it has a dedicated fan base. I'm however, mm-hmm. excited for what I saw. I did like the footage that they showed. I'm gonna put my level more so mm-hmm. at like a i would say a six or maybe even a seven because i i i just i just like I like what I saw, and it's been one of those games where I need something to get me thrilled to try to take the leap to maybe get into it. Um, I know in our many discussions over the over some time, Craig, that you have found out about me that there's games that everybody has played that I haven't. I didn't like get on the series yet or I didn't jump into it. There will be a big mm-hmm. one later that I'll talk about. But um, I'm going to say like a six or seven for me.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... I feel like five or six is probably fair for me. I've never been a big Battlefield fan. I've played all of them. Um, But I usually just play the single player, which has been all right in the past. And then multiplayer on Battlefield hasn't really been my thing because, you know, back in like the PS3 360 era, it was either you played Battlefield or you played Call of Duty and there was like a hard Mm -hmm. line between the two. And and I was on the Call of Duty side, so I didn't play Mm -hmm. Battlefield as much. I think it looks good. Um, The Destructible Environments has always been a thing that's been a plus for Battlefield. They've Mm. always had that um, and Call of Duty has not. So I know a lot of people are excited for it. I just am personally not as big of a Battlefield fan, but I'm definitely going to check it out 100%. But I'm going to go I'm going to go five. To yeah. be safe. I agree. Uh, all right. So this one's interesting. How about the Diablo two resurrected the remaster of Diablo two? I, I don't know if you're a Diablo fan or not.
1: So I spent a lot of hours in my younger years playing Diablo and uh, Diablo <laughs> 2 as well. And yep. the word remastered is just so refreshing on certain games that you hear. And yep. I'm going to go heavily on it being for Diablo 2 because it's just it's just going to get kind of like that 2021 revamp in terms of how it looks. And... I am really excited because I don't know about you, but I haven't touched Diablo in a long time. It's it's not, for me, it's not a game to just pick back up um, in, in like all of these years because there's just so many new games out that are taking your attention away. But I have, I, I, I love the game. I was the guy that played five or six hours, decided he didn't like the mm-hmm. class he chose And then restarted the game as like a barbarian or whatever. Just restarted the game Mm -hmm. to try to see a different level. I it's it's a classic and I can't wait for it. I'm eight or nine on that eight or nine. Um, I'm going to go nine. Definitely on. Diablo two.
0: Okay. Diablo two. I remember playing Diablo one on the PlayStation one um, way back in the day. Diablo two was one where I really jumped into Diablo. So I'm in a solid nine on this one, probably maybe even a 10. I love Diablo three um, Diablo two. I've already been texting like my friends that I used to play Diablo two with and mm-hmm. be like, all right, we got to get back on this. It's time to start it up again. Yeah. So it's, I you know what, I'm going to go 10 because I'm super pumped to play through Diablo two again. I'm really excited for Diablo four, but yes, for the time being Diablo two will be enough. I think, to get me by. Let's do uh, how about Dying Light 2? Oh, uh, this one
1: this one's actually a pretty recent one for me. So my wife and I actually, mm-hmm. when we saw Dying Light Two announced, we decided that we wanted to play Dying Light together to see okay and you know it's one of those like where you know when you play a game to see what all the hype's about but like you're not skeptical you know the hype is there for a reason so you're like excited too you know you're not like oh what's all this fuss about i'm gonna give this a shot and see we were like no let's see what all the fuss is about we can't wait and (laughs) we played the game for about 10 to 15 hours together um one between the course of like two or three days and we really loved it Um, We really loved how Dying Light was able to mesh together what seems like a single player game with all the cutscenes and how the actual characters address you in the game. But then Mm -hmm. as soon as like all of the uh, cinematics go away, you're back to, you know, you two just doing parkour all around, deciding between the two of you whether you want to stay out after Dark, which I haven't had to do since I was a kid or not, you know, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm excited right. for dying light too, because now they've taken those core mechanics that made a, and still blows me away, a parkour, a parkour zombie horror game. It's hard to say that fast and have it in this, in this time frame where there could have been so many changes done to it visually and mechanic wise to make it work. Now, what was seen looked fantastic. Um, my wife and I watched the trailer, right. or, or that, at least that segment, multiple times because there was just so much going on. It looked very fluid, very fluid, especially with the parkour, which it needs to be because that's like that's one of the main attractions. And I'm I'm a 11 out of 10. I know I keep going out of this 10 range, but <laughs> I'm at least an 11 out of 10 for Dying Light 2 because that's 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 going to be worth it. We'll probably pre-order that game to be
0: honest. OK, yeah, I don't feel like enough people played the original Dying Light. I just think it's a underappreciated game. It's a good mixture of for me, it was a mixture of Dead Island and, and Mirror's Edge, mm-hmm. just combining two games that I really, really enjoyed and making it work. So I'm a solid I'm going to go nine because I want to be cautious a little bit on this mm-hmm. one. But whenever it does actually come out, which it is supposed to come out, I think at the end of this year, I will be there day one for that one. Uh, hands down, ready to go. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to skip over Halo because we already talked about it a little bit. Um, Side note on Halo, though, even for the people like yourself who don't have an Xbox, you know, Microsoft did announce that they're working with some TV companies to integrate Game Pass into TVs mm, and yes. also other ways for you to play these games, even if you don't have an Xbox console. So just a heads up to everybody that like you may be able to play some of these Microsoft games on Game Pass and not actually own the system, which I think is pretty cool. I think that is that's definitely a share the wealth moment there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go through here. There's so many games that got announced, but a lot of them are kind of um, not I get not terrible, but like not worth mentioning here. Yeah. Uh, let's do Breath of the Wild too. Uh. Really? Really, really,
1: really excited. Um, I uh, Breath of the Wild for a long time in the beginning years of the Switch was the reason to own a Switch. There's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons now to have one, definitely. But for a long time, I was laughing, I think maybe like two years into the Switch's lifetime because Breath of the Wild was still the normal price. Now, Nintendo doesn't like to discount their games too much. they're They're, they're bread and butter games. But yep. breath of the wild was the reason to have a switch for a long time. There was um, it was it's still to date for me is one of the best showings in a visual aspect that on the switch it okay. the colors and how they made that world pop. I am a big fan of how they were able to kind of pull that together because uh, not many games look still look as beautiful as Breath of the Wild did on the Switch. And yeah. I know that they've been teasing. We had the trailer, I think it was like a, maybe a year and a half or two years ago, where they were just showing kind of like that, that um, Ganondorf rising from the ashes kind of thing. Um, yep. And... It kind of got a little creepy. I was, wasn't sure if they were going to make it a little bit creepy at certain parts in the game, but that was just like a, you know, a two-minute trailer. But to see some actual footage and to see kind of these land masses in the sky and are we going to traverse them? I thought we were just going to be using the hand glider for it, but then they showed some new powers, some new um, things that you're going to be able to incorporate to possibly help you traverse the world as well as fight enemies. You saw some footage of Link on the ground. You just saw some a little bit of like just a little bit of battling, not not much, but it wasn't a long uh display that they made, but it was enough to get people like me or anybody who had who's pumped a hundred to a hundred and fifty hours into Breath of the Wild, uh excited. And I cannot wait. Um <laughs> I I know we're going to have to, and I know that every day is a struggle for anybody who did enjoy Breath of the Wild, but we'll just, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's probably some groups out there that you can call. There's probably some, a lot of support if you need somebody to help you day by day (laughs) to get through your Breath of the Wild woes, you probably, you know,
0: I I, I can't wait for it to come out. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) So, before I give my number on my hype level of this game. I want to remind everybody that I did play Breath of the Wild and I bounced off of it super hard. Mm. So don't hate me when I say that my hype level on this is like a two or a three. I just know, I know the audience for this game and I know that it's not me. I'm still going to try it, um, but I've never been a Zelda fan. So I try every single one when it comes out and I've, you know, I just don't get through them. I think the only Zelda game I've beaten is Legend of Zelda on NES. OK, so I just know it's not for me, so I, I don't I'm not saying it's a bad game. I know they're great games. It's just something that I've never been able to get into. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a solid probably two or three for me. I am hope I hope I'm wrong. Like, I still think that I need to go back and give Breath of the Wild another another shot um, just to see if I actually do not like it or if I just need to invest the time into it. I'm not sure, but For the amount of people was like 99% of the gaming population loves this game. Um, It's definitely just me. So I I know it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely people like it's not just you like I I definitely know people that are just not fans of The Legend of Zelda. And it's okay. Like, you know, um, I was, uh, I heard somebody because I have, you know, obviously, you and I, we have a lot of gamer friends. When you play games, you have gamer friends. And I and mm-hmm. I was hearing one of my friends kind of bashing the other for not really being into the Zelda series. And we need to remember that it's not everything is for everyone, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's and while there is a huge Zelda fan base, there is going to be people that just don't play them. It just happens, you know. Yeah. But yeah, agreed. But I'm I'm happy that your 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 numbers even two because I know some Zelda <laughs> I, I know some non Zelda fans that are just like ugh. I know we were all waiting for this announcement. I don't even care. And their 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 number would be zero. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy to get a two out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So I those are like the main ones that I was thinking of. I know there's a lot that I didn't mention, but those are the main ones that I wanted to bring up. So I'm gonna move over to games we've played. Um I have a couple. Uh how about you? Yeah. What have you been playing? Uh so a lot of things came out in the last month and a half. I Yeah.
1: I haven't. What makes me sad is I haven't been able to finish as many games as I want, but I have a lot of games that I've pumped 20, at least 20 to 30 hours in and a couple i finished. Okay. Uh, so I have a couple I could definitely talk about. Uh, why don't you, why okay. don't you
0: start with one? All right. So. I know you played Ratchet and Clank, right?
1: Uh, So I haven't, I've played definitely the other ones. Actually, Ratchet and Clank okay. uh, Rift Apart, I haven't had a chance to play. It's in my home, but I okay. haven't played it yet.
0: Okay. I know you, I know you had purchased it. I didn't know if you had played it yet. Um, I'm going to start with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I did actually, yesterday, I think, I did actually beat it. So I am done with the game. Okay. Um, This is the first Ratchet and Clank game in my life that I've actually gotten the whole way through. Oh. Uh, The last one that came out on the PS4 that was like the reimagining of the first Mm -hmm. game. I really enjoyed but I fell off and never finished it. So this one um, I was thoroughly impressed. I thought it was great. The story was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, you know, the guns have always been great in Ratchet and Clank. The variety and how funny some of them are. Great. Um, The only downfall I would say to this game is you know, I just got a PlayStation 5 last week so I'm completely new yes. to the PlayStation 5 ecosystem mm-hmm. but I'm there right so having played this and you know you saw the trailers and you know I was kind of being held up as like this is the game this is the first next gen game you know it's being kind of vaulted up as that uh-huh. and I was excited to see what they do and they do a lot but the whole gimmick of like different dimensions and going between different dimensions there's really not a whole lot of that going on. OK, um, there's like areas where you'll go to another dimension and it's like a it'll be like a traversal area. And every time you finish one of those, you get a piece of armor, which is cool. cool. But I think I was expecting um, being able to like switch dimensions whenever you wanted and really showing off like how fast it can load things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is like no loading time in this game. So I want to get that out of the way. Yeah. But it was not quite what I was expecting as far as where they were going. But that being said, the game itself is phenomenal. Nice. So I don't want to like I don't want people to think it's not a good game. It'll probably end up on my top 10 for the year unless like a million other fantastic games come out in the second half. Wow. But you 100% need to play this game. It is fantastic. It was just a little bit not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But that being said, for a Ratchet and Clank game to interest me enough to finish it says a lot to me. So 100% if you own a PS5, this is going to be a, a must buy for you.
1: Fantastic. I was wondering if the, what they were going to do in terms of how much of that inter travel shifting between right. levels. And I'm glad that you kind of shed some light on that because obviously I haven't, obviously I <laughs> yeah. haven't even opened the game yet. It's just sitting here and I know I want to play it, mm-hmm. but I was wondering how they were going to do that or how much of it. Because they right. were really flaunting that in all the footage they were showing of it they made it seem mm-hmm. they made it seem like you were like <laughs> indiana jones if he was just traveling through like space time continuum and like in different areas every two seconds it just seemed like it seemed like right. kind of hard it seemed like a kind of hard game for that aspect where all of a sudden you would be in a different area and swarmed with enemies um yep. and such like that but
0: yeah, that's what I was expecting. And you're not going to get that, but it is still a good game. So as long as people kind of hold their expectations down on like, oh, I'm going to switch between dimensions whenever I want. And like, it's going to be fantastic. It's not that, but it is still a fantastic game. That's
1: good to know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh So
1: I'll start with actually I'll go with a, the small, a smaller one that has been consuming my time okay. versus the bigger one. So. Biomutant. All right if um if you know me or if you've been listening to this particular episode or any episode that you've heard me speak on clearly i get really excited for games and i Mm -hmm. have like a childlike wonder that kind of pushes past the reasoning uh or the 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 logical aspect of being excited for a game so i was one of the people that actually pre-ordered biomutant i was I was really excited. They told me in those trailers and every, all the footage I saw that we were going to get a cute furry animal that we can spend a good 15 minutes creating and we could choose a class. And then we have this nice furry fur baby that is either swings a sword, shoots a bunch (laughs) of guns, becomes a side freak or whatever. And yeah, I'm going to be honest, like 15 to 20 hours into it, it, it kind of delivers now it's not a bad game it's not a bad game at all but Mm -hmm. there is a level of repetitiveness to the game and a lack of things that you would expect in terms of that like enemy variety It turns out that the starting class that you choose at the beginning of the game kind of really doesn't limit you. Most of the abilities that are in other classes are available to you. It's just that if you start off with a certain one, you maybe get one or two abilities that no other class can use. But then other than that, it's like it it just kind of changes your starting stats. But you can change your stats throughout the game like most RPG related uh, games are open world games in that manner what biomutant does right is makes is makes itself unique the world is a very cute world um there's small things that happen in the game for example like if you find a new warp point or a new fast travel point your animal pees on that point and it's like it's like telling you oh hey like this don't forget, this is a game about cute animals. So like, so like the animal pees on the fast travel point and I haven't gotten tired of that animation yet. I still chuckle, but I'm also like five at heart, you know, a five years old at heart. So what it does right, it does in that aspect. Now there is a narrator. The narrator narrates not only the characters and what they're saying, like he kind of like paraphrases what they're saying. But he also narrates the entire game and what's going on so like certain people i know don't like this game because it's the same person talking the whole time so that doesn't bother mm-hmm. me but where but where it's good is the open world aspect is nice the battling is fine it's very good if you're trying to get up close and do melee uh, or gunslinging i started as a psy freak and the psy freak has powers They're they're cool. That's it. Like, they're just, they're cool. I'm not, not enough to, you know, call mom and tell her how cool your new mutant powers are. So it's, it's a game that can, it can retain your interest. It, it, it can, but, I know that there is a reason to not like the game as well. So I'm not running to, out to tell everybody to buy this game because I bought it because I had faith. I found out that the studio that or the, the development team that created this was of 20 people. So when mm-hmm. I found that out, I was like, you know what? Rain or shine, if this game is good, fine. If not, my excuse is 20 people had to do this. So... Uh, Yeah. And I've actually made an excuse talking to friends on behalf of Biomutant as that being my main argument. So right now, not having finished the game, I do give it a six or seven. Uh, There's like certain, there's certain parts where like, there was like a, I fought a couple of enemies and that, that battle was actually harder than the first boss I beat. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, there's inconsistencies. What I will tell people at home is that they did release a patch fixing some of the issues that people were were complaining about mainly the difficulty because if you play games even moderately this is not a hard game it's not it's not going to really challenge you that's what i will say so they added a like a higher difficulty to kind of help people like actually get through the game without yawning (laughs) um but if you want a game here's what i will tell you final thing if you do want a game that keeps you just having a, a a good time at the moment it's mindless you don't have to care about the characters it you won't i promise you you will not care about the characters um and you just want something to play really quickly for like a half hour or an hour before you have to go to work or if you came back home after a long day and you don't want to think too hard get it get it play it as you will play it for an hour or two wait two weeks that's what i'll tell people but for me, I have enjoyed it as I played it. But the next game that I will mention um, when we get back to when we're when we're talking about games, the next game is the reason why I'm not playing Biomutant, the one that I would talk about. And I'll, <laughs> so but why don't you tell me another one you're playing?
0: Um, so the other one that I played again on the uh, brand new PS5, I got to catch up. Uh, I started Returnal. Yes. Um, I played about. I'll say about two hours Um, I got to the very first like the first boss if you will and and then I died last night and I was at the point where I was like it's too late for me to make another run I'm just going to call it here even though I want to keep playing Um, I will say that the game definitely does not hold your hand right it definitely throws a lot at you when you first start and you're like you're like i have no idea what any of this stuff is i keep scanning things and it's telling me what it does Mm. but i have no idea what it's doing um but i can tell that like the more i play it the more i'm gonna understand and it's it's such a well put together game that like i'm willing to forgive the fact that it's not gonna tell you anything and you just have to put the time in and figure it out on your own what's going on and you know which guns are better um where you're even supposed to go but mm. i feel like i'm starting to get in the groove now where i'm really starting to enjoy it um and i'm not even that far in i haven't yeah. even made it out of the first biome yet so uh man it's it looks fantastic the audio is great yes, is. uh the controls feel great um the dash is so good it feels fantastic uh it's still man the dual sense controller the triggers are still throwing me off because it feels like i'm breaking the controller every time i pull it (laughs) i don't know it's just such a weird feeling that it can do that yeah um but i i've been having you know this past like two days i've been playing it um have been fantastic so i'm definitely excited to see where the game goes uh And it's a solid, solid recommendation, even though I can't give it a, like a score or a number yet until I actually play through the whole thing. But man, is it an interesting and fun game to get through? Did you beat it? Uh, So
1: I'm one of the, uh, the friends that did not, I'm in the fourth biome and uh, I put it down uh, just for a second because that's just kind of what I do. I just put something down and then I play another game for 20 hours or whatever. And, I I was thoroughly impressed by the game, Mm -hmm. the the atmosphere, especially. And I'll tell you this: you're gonna come to really love the first biomes layout, and specifically because eventually in the game it feels like home because you always start there when you die. You know, for for the for the Mm -hmm. and and I um, I just like the visuals. I like that forest nature. Um, you're right. The dash is very smooth it you yeah. get that rewarding feeling when you use it to dodge like an enemy's attacks or a projectile or whatever. like you really get that sense like yes, like and <laughs> and you're right, it doesn't hold your hand. It does not hold your hand. They don't tell you anything and they just say go out into the world and you'll figure it out. And it's kind of funny because the trial and error is fig- figuring it out through dying. You know, it's, uh, it's like your Tom Cruise and what was that movie? Edge of, Edge of of Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, (laughs) you're literally Tom (laughs) Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow. And which is uh, by the way, not a, not a bad movie at all. Pretty good movie. You should see it if you, if you listening at home, have not seen it yet. Um, but the story gives you enough and there's enough twists and turns where you keep wanting more as well. And then as you progress, the difference in the levels that you see every single one is unique and presents different challenges different enemy types different rewards different weapons and it's it's just great progression and the last thing i like is kind of like what you said there where uh where you have to you have to figure out a time for a run if you are an if you are a busy individual (laughs) if you have the standard 40 hour work week, if you're a parent, um, if you have some type of thing in your life that does, that you have responsibilities for, you actually have to decide when you die, if you're going to start again. And that's yep. that's actually kind of a cool thing and a frustrating thing at times. I've, and when I was playing, I've risked it, you know, I was like, you know what, I have enough time. And then an hour <laughs> and a half later, I missed whatever I was trying to do because clearly I got farther than I wanted to, or it took me a while to get back to where I died to try to progress yep. further. So that's where the game is nice. And you do get that rewarding feeling like you get as like uh, for the, for the progression and it just does not hold your hand. And it also requires a lot of thinking on your part because as you progress, because it's that unforgiving and you have to start at the beginning every time you die, when you do get that hour in, every five minutes after that ramps up your, your blood pressure because now you can't mess up. Like you you can't because that whole hour is wasted unless the next run you do right after it, you get further. So that's where the game is great.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, Those are the only two I played. So I'm going to hand it off to you. You tell me what else you've been up to. All
1: right. What I have been up to Craig, what I have been up to (laughs) uh, is my first experience with mass effect Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. I do not know how I did not play this series. I don't know, Craig. Um, (laughs) I have applauded in my own home by myself so many times on what BioWare has done throughout the games it's really it's weird to clap when you're by yourself. It really is. And I can't True. I can't tell you how many times something happened in these games and I just stood up standing ovation, applauded, maybe said some things like out loud like, oh, huzzah or hurrah. You know, like I just, said, <laughs> just I just get real weird with it. Um I had not played the series. I didn't play one. I didn't play two. I didn't play three. And the excitement of uh, friends and that I have that have loved the series, it just got me hyped when I saw that it was coming out with all the DLC and one, on one disc for me to play. I was like, "This is my moment. It's 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 <laughs> available." You know, I have a PS Five. I could play it on that and I have to just finally experience it and it delivered. Now, I I as a player understand that I did not experience the original Mass Effect and some of the bugs that Mass Effect has had. But when I drove the Mako for the first time, I can honestly tell you in in an ode to everybody who did play it, I could see what y'all were talking about because they fixed it, but it's still the Mako if you know what I mean so I was like I cannot believe that people drove this thing around the whole time so
0: we didn't know any (laughs) better
1: now first Mass Effect I I enjoyed it I had a bunch of people tell me not to even play that one believe it or not because they told me to just Mm -hmm. skip to Mass Effect 2 because that is where that is where they told me they got it right um but I told myself no I have to experience this I have to just see what the first one is like and I just have to get through it and Besides some of the repetitive levels and the side missions, if I had to do one more side level that had the same warehouse type area on the bottom floor and then the <laughs> upstairs floor where you know how many enemies are going to be there with guns, I was going to drive myself crazy by the, by the, the, the 15th time I've done it. Um, I, I yep. will say that exploring the planets after a while did get lackluster as well. But I had mm-hmm. to remind myself when the game came out. What was it 2007 when they released? Yeah. So, yep. okay. You know, that's what I kept telling myself. Like it was a 2007 game. It, it that's when it came out. It's obviously remastered the most of the three. It's going to be fine, but god, the story, Craig. Yeah. And the characters <laughs> took me by surprise I was told I was gonna love the characters I was told to look out without them reveal without my friends revealing anything something they I was told who I was supposed to hate who I was probably gonna (laughs) love who was a fan favorite throughout the series and boy did that not disappoint I still had Mm -hmm. a complete 100% sincere effect the Garrises and Liara's Oh my gosh, it's just I felt for all of those characters, Rex, everybody mm-hmm. in that beginning. I wanted to make sure I wanted to hug them first of all and then I wanted them to never die and I wanted that game to never be over. And that's what BioWare did. It it, it like correctly, they you're you're attached to them. You love them. You love them yep. or you love to hate them and you wanted the series to progress so you could see more in depth with who they are. So got through that game, Mass Effect, holy ending, uh, Sovereign, the reveal of Sovereign and exactly not to ruin for anybody who is playing, but what the Sovereign <laughs> reveal is what I'll just say. Yeah. And the final boss and the lasting effects of everything you did and the short outro of the game, bam, done almost cried a couple of times, bam. (laughs) Mass Effect 2, oh my God. And this is a good, (laughs) oh my God. Um, Rachel, who was on this uh, podcast in order to discuss cyberpunk in her played it 40,000 times way, which shout out, (laughs) Rachel, we love you. Um, Yeah, she said it best when I was when she was getting me prepped for it as as a Mass Effect player. She said it's basically oceans 11 in a video game and she did not sell it short. (laughs) Mass Effect Two, you could tell immediately the updates on the Normandy and what they did to try to fix some of the Citadel issues because I don't know about y'all who did play Mass Effect but the Citadel got pretty old quickly in terms of moving. Um a, yeah, it's, awful. it's awful. I knew every time I <laughs> yep. flew back there that I was going to spend at least an hour there.
0: <laughs> and, yep.
1: With like actual 10 minutes of dialogue and the rest just walking or traveling to where I needed to go in the Citadel. Um but the updates uh subsidizing the Citadel map, subsidizing and making it uh the Normandy and the points of interest on the Normandy and That immediately blew me away in the first hour. And then when I started collecting characters for the game's plot, it became so exciting to see who was I gonna get? Cause they all had code names. So, you know, you gotta Mm -hmm. get the overlord or you gotta get the assassin or whatever. And you were like, which one is it? And then what did Bioware do? They brought back old characters from the first one. And the decisions you made in the first one change the dialogue and the outcome of where they are or if they were even there at all and i was i'm gonna just say it again and you know me because i said it to you barry's heard it from me and even rachel heard it from me when they brought Garrus back i was the person that did not know when where or like if Garrus was coming back and right i ah craig it's there's just certain characters in that game that that just really take your heart, and you were just wondering every time you were going to collect a person if that person was the person, and yeah. you were assembling this crew of amazing uh, top league people to fight the impending gal- galaxy's doom, and it really felt like it felt like I was the it, it, the closest thing to any type of Star Wars or any galactic franchise that I could be a part of myself. And it really, mm-hmm. really, really had me, like this is what I'm playing, Craig. I don't play anything else right now. I think I picked up, Mass Effect came out May 14th. That was when I was in the middle of Returnal, still trying to finish it. Right. That's when I was playing, um, I think I was still playing the the latest Near game And I was playing one other game It was probably village, but I was playing that with my wife. So that was easy because this was my alone time Craig game. And I haven't played anything since. It's just been one, two and three for (laughs) Mass Effect. I'm in three now. The choices that I made in one and two have come to fruition. They're bringing back side characters from the first game that I like forgot about for a second. That is the bread and butter of what Bioware has done. They take what you did and they take who you met and they say, here they are again. Here's here's somebody you haven't seen. Here's somebody you have. They're just back again and they look better because it's the third game. And yet again, here we are trying to fight the impending doom for the galaxy. And I know that it is the final, at least for what we know, in this particular trilogy saga, cause I don't know what they're gonna do with five exactly. There's speculation of people seeing Liara or some other character from that in the next game. But I'm telling you, Craig, this third game, I feel the end coming. I'm playing through some of the DLC mm-hmm. uh, just to extend it. And I feel the end coming and i am it's one of those games. I'm not excited about it. I know that the end is coming and I, And I know I'm going to get a conclusion and it's going to satisfy the entire trilogy's effect on me, but I don't want it to end. I don't know if that's how you felt when you played the third one, (laughs) but yeah. um, Right now I will have to say on my list, I think two is the best one to me. I'm going to say three Mm -hmm. I was hearing has the best and most polished battle system. Um, Yes. And three might take over two in terms of how it felt to me when I finished it because I haven't finished three yet, but I can honestly say in terms of the feels and the story two takes the cake right now, but three is rampantly rising and that battle system. Oh my God. They did. They, they changed it and it's great. Um, Allowing all the characters to have the ability to play with, with all the guns and, I'm I'm definitely gonna do a second playthrough. I did Biotic, Sentinel, and now I'm Biotic again. And I don't think that was the right way to go. Um it's not like I'm not having fun, but I regretting started,
0: your choices. Yeah.
1: I started three as a biotic and I got rocked. I got rocked in the beginning on a normal difficulty. Yeah. And it's because they really they really were like, Hey, your shield's gonna go down pretty quickly this time, buddy. And I and and I had to change my play style, but Um, I, the hype is there guys. If you have not played legendary edition, if you have not played one, two, or three pick up mass effect, you're going to love it. You're going to love the characters. This is, this is slowly pushing its way up my best video games of all time list, which is always a fun Mm -hmm. list to have in the back of your head or to talk with friends about (laughs) to, to show people you're not nerdy. Um, Yep. And I can't wait to see how I feel after three. I'm gonna play four based off of three's hype. I know what people have been saying about four, but I'm I'm gonna be so hyped after Mass Effect Three is done that I'm gonna try to get my hands on four, even though it's a different uh play style in terms of the open world aspect and a different right. story altogether. So
0: Yeah, it's it's um I don't think Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda is a terrible game. I just it doesn't live up to the standards of one through three. I agree with you that number two is the best game. Um, for me, it's two, three, and then one. But like, you can't discount one. It just it doesn't play well and it hasn't aged well. But the story has been phenomenal across all three. Yeah. Um, you're you know to me one of the high points in in gaming period is the you know the suicide mission. Yes. Um, oh my. Gosh. At the end of two, so I don't know. They're just it's just so much is at stake, you know, you have a direct impact on who lives and who dies and it's just fantastic storytelling. So it is such a great trilogy. I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's suicide mission. Do you play anything else? Um, I, I, I guess we, I guess we
1: already (laughs) talked about returnal. I'm sure you guys talked heavily about village.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, village is actually one of the games that I beat. Um, that was definitely also a uh, uh, my wife and I game because it's just I mean who doesn't like or at least know Resident Evil by this point I think the game did a fantastic job I think there were certain parts that did confuse me in terms of difficulty level Um, Mm -hmm. if you were to ask me the second place that you visited the the uh, the hyped second place that you visit because this was the place, if you don't have a friend that hasn't told you about the second part or the sex in section of <laughs> Resident Evil that you visit, then I guess you don't have a friend that played it yet because everybody talks about that one. But I thought that, that right yep. after that, they had a pretty lackluster section in terms of difficulty and also just who was occupying the area. Um, what I will say is Village did give me a amazing horror experience. Well, actually, let me dial that back. It gave me an amazing visual experience in terms of what I ex- experienced on the PS5. It wasn't that scary. So if you're at home, mm-hmm. and first of all, if you haven't listened to any other podcast where they talk about this game, go back and listen to them. Because just go back and listen to them. Obviously, however, uh, Village itself is not that scary, but it did give me a nice first-person shooter that had horror elements, as I'll put it, um, and jump scares at specific parts, and then very creepy sections, and it's definitely a must-play. It's To me, it's not as scary as Biohazard. What I'm going to say is I as a Resident Evil experience, liked Biohazard more. If this is the universe that we have in terms of Resident Evil with Biohazard and Village kind of being clumped in that, I will tell you if you want to get scared, Biohazard is better um, at doing that. Village is better at giving you a first-person shooter experience with horror elements. That's how I'll put it. Um,
0: Okay. I I would agree with that.
1: I I, I'm sure you've you've obviously I mean, if you got the game in May, which I know a lot of people have obviously we did. Um, I'm sure we've all talked about it enough, but did you find like a similar aspect with biohazard versus village? Like do you think biohazard was scarier?
0: Yeah, biohazard is definitely the scarier game for sure. Um, I think they're both great games in my opinion. Um, I don't know, I don't know if I could pick one or the other as far as like I would prefer to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Biohazard definitely had more moments where I was like, I don't really want to do this. Whereas, you know, Village only had that that second section where (laughs) I was like, oh, man, I I don't want to go through this. (laughs) So there was more of those in in Biohazard, but I think as a whole, I enjoyed them both pretty equally. I really liked the story in in uh, Village a lot. And the story in Biohazard is good. So mm-hmm. I can't. They're like they're like having two kids. You can't pick a favorite. There so you go. I, I just have to leave them as equal footing, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh one does have strengths over the other. Um, I can't wait to see, based off of yeah. what Village left with us, what they do with a ninth installment. Um but let yeah. me put it this way. I didn't buy Resident Evil Village for, for Reverse. I bought it for for the Village experience. <laughs> Hopefully the DLC, if the DLC that they drop for this game is anything like Biohazards DLC, then yes, we will have something good to look forward to. Um, but I don't think Nintendo should have wasted any time at E3, or not Nintendo, I don't think it should have been announced that they were working on dlc at e3 because we know that you're working on dlc have you seen the success of village like you are working on DLC. (laughs) yeah Uh, but agreed but yeah that those are the main (laughs) things i'm playing um i know that you're probably excited for our september to october to november even december lineup um there's, yep. there's, there's definitely some good games coming out in the fall. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to save up money because I'm going to buy like nine games in the, <laughs> in the September to December before Christmas timeframe. So, uh, what I'm trying to do is just finish yep. games right now so I can just get them out off the docket and move on to the next one.
0: Cool. All right. So we'll jump into movies. TV shows that we've watched this past week. Um, for me, Mm -hmm. I really only have one. Um, so I watched Luca, which was on Disney plus. Um, I think it's also in theaters at the moment, which is a new Pixar movie. Okay. This one, I feel like, um, hasn't been heavily advertised like every other Pixar movie in existence has been for Disney. Okay. And I don't know if it's because they weren't as confident in it or, you know, what they were thinking, but, like I knew it was coming out but I don't know that a lot of people had any idea that this was actually out uh but that being said like the movie is great i Pixar doesn't really make bad movies except for like Cars 2 that's really <laughs> the only one i can look at and be like and eh, it wasn't that yeah. great <laughs> but uh it has a good story um it just has to do with a boy who is like a sea monster under the water and whenever they go out of the water, they turn into they look like normal people. But if they get wet, they turn back to, you know, the sea monster. Um, It just it's like a it's like a coming of age story where he wants to go out and explore above water. His parents don't want want him to. That's the general uh, consensus of the movie. I just think it's a very well done Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to stand up with like the top tier Pixar movies. Probably not. but. I had a really good time watching it. I would definitely recommend it. It's not one that's behind like the $30 paywall on Disney Plus. It's just on Disney Plus. So if you have a subscription, you can just go ahead and watch it. Okay. And I would definitely recommend it, especially if you have a family. But even if you don't, I think it's an enjoyable experience. Maybe I'm getting soft because I have a kid. Yeah. Um, But I, I had a great time with it. I thought it was funny. So definitely go check that out. Definitely. How about you?
1: Uh, So I haven't watched a lot. Um, My time has been obviously dedicated to video games. I have picked up, and I know I'm a little late with this, but I have picked up on, I believe the series is called Love, Death, and Robots. Okay. It's a Netflix series. And in a nutshell, it is exactly what the title uh, dictates. Every single, it's it's a bunch of animated shorts done by different directors, different animation styles. And the stories are either about love, about death, or about robots, or about maybe two to three of those topics. And the reason why I like Hmm. it is it's got kind of, like, you know, Black Mirror, right? So- yeah, absolutely. yeah, obviously, you do. Um, I've we've talked about it before. Picture Black Mirror if the segments were only six to 18 minutes max and animated. Okay, they touch on a bunch of different subjects. Um, a lot of them are just very nice, easy, quick ones where you get into the story very quickly. Um, the first one I watched was about like a futuristic world where we just we had our cities and towns like we normally do but and it follows the aspect of all robots are doing everything for us and this woman has this vacuum cleaning robot that just happens to malfunction to the point where it tries to kill her in her own home and despite <laughs> okay. and despite the uh how that description sounds it's comedic in multiple points of the story because she's on the phone with customer service trying to fix this robot while the robot is trying to kill her and you know she's like hiding behind her kitchen counter <laughs> and the customer service is being like any type of customer service you call where they're like if your robot is trying to kill you press 5 you know like that kind of thing <laughs> and it's 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 literally Craig. It's like an eight-minute segment, and it is and and that's just one of the many. There's two seasons. They're the kind of thing where it's nice because you can kind of look and see a semi-description. And if you're interested in it, you can select that one without missing anything from the others. And If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have an interest in either love, death, or robots. So why not not combine that interest with actually watching it? I would recommend it. It's definitely one of those ones you can give a shot. What I will say, you probably won't like every one. Season one is, from what I hear Mm -hmm. from uh, people who watched all of them, better than season two. But there's everything from a Dracula-based one to there's a really cool one where last one I'll describe where there is it's during World War II and is it during World War II? It might've been after World War II, but the Russians have been trying to find a way to summon demonic beings to fight against their enemies and it backfires on them. So the whole episode is about a Russian army group trying to survive summoned demons that are attacking them and it's and it's their fault because they tried to summon those very demons and it got out of control it's like stuff like that so like if you have that kind of brain that you're interested in and again if you're into video games or if you're listening to this podcast because you are into video games or movies you probably have some of that in your psyche because of how many games have that aspect or how many movies or television shows have it so I, i would
0: definitely recommend it okay Cool. All right. Uh, Anything else before we wrap it up here? Uh, I
1: think I have gotten my uh, my game ranting out. It's just so easy to just talk for an hour about video games and movies. It's just (laughs) I can't believe it.
0: It it really is. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, If you want to get a hold of us, we are on Facebook, Instagram. We have a website. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitch. We're everywhere. We're too many places, but <laughs> you can find us pretty much anywhere. Uh, big shout out to Craig, the other Craig, the better Craig over oh, here for filling in for Barry this week. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. So make sure. And uh, I don't know. Where's the best way to find you? Instagram, Facebook? Uh, I
1: guess the best way to find me would be on uh, Facebook. Um...
0: Okay. Okay. Or everybody's got a Facebook. Everybody
1: does have a Facebook. Um, But you can also find me on Instagram. My uh, Instagram is that ish Craig, because you can't swear on Instagram in your in your tagline. So it's that ish Craig eight, and that would probably be the best way to reach me there. Um, If not, if not, if you have something to say to me, you could always tell Craig or Barry, and they'll they'll
0: tell me (laughs) as well. True, true. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, if you have any, uh, questions, comments, uh, you, something you want us to answer on a podcast, send us an email, high sensitivity at gmail.com. And with that being said, we will see you next time. Take care guys.